Welcome to Lunch Plus. We're so excited to have you here with us today. You hopped on because you saw the title. Today we're going to be talking about is that gut feeling God? Like, am I hearing God's voice or is that is that me? We're going to be talking about that today. Stick around. That's going to be happening at 1215. So make sure that you are watching until then. But surprise, up until that point, it is Lunch Plus here. We're going to be going into our official segments of the day. Right now, it's family chat. That's why we're hanging out, followed by Will It Bake Right? And today, I think you're going to like today. It's, it's a different day, mm -hmm. but it's going to be an ultimate showdown sort of day. Yep. Followed by a time of confessions, then Q&A with Buddy and Pastor, and then What's the Word? What a good day. And if you are watching this in the replay, you can actually go down to our timestamps, and we will have the word highlighted for you so you can easily find it. But if you're not in any sort of rush, let's hang out today. I'm Barrett and we, I'm just so excited to be here with you and I've got one of my favorites with me. Me. It's me. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> you just sounded like Mario. It's a me. It's a me. It's a Marky. <laughs> so I have just something to throw out there to just, you know, make it a little bit intriguing. But today for uh, Will It Bake Right, we're not baking. <laughs> no, we're, we're not baking. Happen. Guys, I also feel like I'm living on the edge because I'm wearing a scarf today. And I have a microphone clipped in, and I know, I know. It's like buried in there. Oh my I, God. I feel it's really dangerous. It's like, here are the two lines of the scarf, and the mic's right here, and it's like, it's tight right there. I, checked, like... it, I checked it with my sound man extraordinaire, and he said that, that it was okay. So if there's any point where it sounds like an avalanche is happening, bear with me. And I'll fix it. Yes, just comment. And by I fi I'll fix it, I mean, Kevin will probably rush up here and be oh. like, no, this was bad. Um, but if that's what happens, it'll be great. Kevin <laughs> is being merciful today. Kevin told me he's offering me duct tape. Um, he also <laughs> told me that if I could make the mic work yesterday the way that I did, that he was giving me creative liberty to I feel try like you today. can't move, though. You're kind of like. I know. I'm very, like, robotic because I don't want to. It's going to be a great broadcast. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I feel like my back brace is great. <laughs> Comment, tell us who you are, where you're watching from. Share this broadcast. Natalie's on. She says, hello. Aww. Johnny says, hello. Johnny, Johnny wasn't first. Oh. Natalie beat him. He's, is he normally on Facebook? He's on YouTube right now. He switched to YouTube. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Okay, huh. well that, whew. Okay, Dixie says, hello. Rebecca says, hello. William says, hello there. Hello there. Julie says, hello. And then, well, correction, Julie says, Hello. Then Julie says, hello, <laughs> with capitalization and punctuation points. It's going to be great. Yes. Um, Becca is laughing at back brace. It's not a back brace. I don't have a back brace. It's just, do you see the mic? It's right there. So that's that's why I, wa I just, I want to be wise today, guys. I want to be wise. Okay, here's what we do. We're hopping into our first official question of the day. I'm still not over the fact that yesterday people chose elves over I know, I'm reindeer. not either. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I, not didn't, I don't that. know. Who wants to work when you can play? I'm, you know? I'm, I'm not over that. So let's see what side we end up on today with our questions. Question number one of the day. Would you rather get a useful gift or a fun gift? What side of the gift getting are you? Uh, that's a good question. Thanks. That's Thanks, a good Internet. point. That's a good point. Um, it depends if I'm going to get the useful gift anyway for myself. Mm -hmm. If I'm not going to get it for myself, then probably the use, useful gift. Y useful gift. You would rather get a useful gift for yourself over a fun gift? Um, if it's useful, yes. 
Give me an uh, give me an example. Your presents are already purchased, so this um, is important. Something I'm going to use, like. Thank you for describing this <laughs> <useful laughs> to me. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like clutter. I don't like clutter. I don't like things something that are just gonna going sit to there. Use. Like I'm just it's I have like this time frame where it'll be out, and then like <laughs> I give it like a month or two, and then it goes away and like goes into the sentimental pile. Okay. Kevin says useful gift. Becca says fun. She can buy useful stuff anytime for herself. Uh, Priscilla says a functional gift. She's kind of practical. George oh. says it depends on what the fun gift is. Rachel says a fun gift. Um, Abby says she actually thinks that she would like useful gifts better. Um, Buddy says now that I'm an adult, I'm leaning more toward the fun gift. Pastor Nicole says the gift itself doesn't matter as much to me as the thought and heart behind it. I've had fun and useful and love them both. So I am... I'm absolutely with Pastor Nicole on that logic of the heart behind it works. Like if there's no, and that, that's for me what matters. If somebody like somebody I'm close with just gives me something that they picked up at a store and they're like, okay, I need to get her something. And there's no thought with it. I don't uh, care. I don't want yeah. it. Yeah. So if there's thought with the useful gift or with the fun gift, I'm good. But at, I would probably prefer to have a fun gift. Like, and for me, fun can be useful. Like, fun daily planners are really fun gifts. I think that's exciting. Jade would be with me on that. Um, but I would want fun because, like, I, here's, it, Pastor Nicole and I actually, she put up, like, on her Instagram account that she, she really did love when Pastor got her a vacuum last year. A oh. vacuum would not be a gift I would want to receive this Christmas. It's useful. That's, it is useful. I don't want that. Um, Buddy says, a daily planner is not a fun gift. You've never seen my daily planners. They are very fun. They have stickers and colors, and they're color-coded, and they're great. And Jade needs to hop on so she can be on my team with this. Uh, Rachel says it's not fun, but I, I, I disagree. Buddy says it's for sure a useful gift. It's the best of both worlds. It, it can be. Rachel says she likes picking out her own useful gifts, but she loves fun stuff that she wouldn't think of, um, but that she will love. Make sense? No. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're pretty, we're, we're a lot more useful gifts than I thought we would. George wants to know, no vacuum for me, but what about a Swiffer? We have one. I don't need a second one. I'm, I'm good. I want a fun gift. Um... Wow, here we go. Jade! There's Jade! I knew wow! She, there she, she is. She like came out of nowhere. Jade is my girl, and Jade is on my team with this. She's Jade. like Alexa, listening for her voice. Last year, when I got my planner last year, I texted her the whole time I was purchasing it. I'm like, I got the binder, I got the fillers, I got the calendars, it's so exciting, I got the stickers. Um, Jade said, just got to Hobby Lobby, they have a whole, or just go to Hobby Lobby, they have a whole section, you'll see it differently. Truth. Swiffer is not a fun gift, buddy. I don't think that. <laughs> William says, color-coded planners are like orange painted prisons. You're covering up the pain. No, it's helping me be organized and fun. It, it, the more organized I am, the more fun I can have. That's, yes. Um, okay, question number two. We're, we're just going to attack my love of planners right now. Would you rather vacation somewhere hot or vacation somewhere cold during the holidays? Oh, that's an interesting one. Because I wouldn't want a vacation somewhere, somewhere hot during the holidays. <laughs> what? That's interesting. I would not want to do that. No, 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 I'm saying that works. <laughs> that works. Because, oh wait, is it, is it, are both during the holidays? 
Yes. Oh, maybe. I read it as like, do you want to go on a hot vacation or do you want to go on a cold vacation, which no one ever wants to do, but it's during the holidays, so then you'll want to do it. <laughs> I love that Marky's purpose on the family chat right now is explaining the question to I, you. In sorry. case you didn't know. No, I don't want to go somewhere hot during the holidays. It's the holidays. I did that once and it was wrong. <laughs> Abby says cold or else it wouldn't feel like Christmas. Yes. Kevin says cold. Kevin Nowicki says he wants snow. Yes. Rachel says in North Carolina because you'll get both in one day. That's valid. Um, Priscilla says, cold and snowy. I was just thinking about how I'd love to plan the snow for Christmas. Fun fact, guys, if you live in North Carolina, according to the weather report, we're projected to get snow on Christmas. So pray. Be praying. Jade says she doesn't want a vacation during the holidays. She wants to be home. I will staycation in cold North Carolina. Um, Johnny says, depends on the holiday. Wintertime around Christmas is cold. Every other time of the year, hot. Um, Becca says, cold, snow, snow, snow. Buddy says, I agree that McAllister's were weird to go to Florida for Christmas. Yes. I would not say no to going to the Bahamas for Christmas. I was uh, going to say never, but that's an absolute. Uh, I would be very happy to go to the yeah. Bahamas. Hawaii for Christmas, I'm sure, is beautiful and wonderful. Um, I would... I like I like to travel, so I'd be down with going somewhere warm. I'm but okay. then, but when you're there, Christmas just kind of disappears. Christmas basically disappeared when I moved here. Like I moved from Maine to North Carolina, where That's there's no true. snow. So I just like rid myself of there being snow at Christmas time anyway. That's true. So I'm like, we could just keep going down even further south. It's fine. Did you see that Becca read the question the same way that I did? I did. It's you and Becca. It's both y'all. It's fine. <laughs> Kevin, Becca, you just made Kevin like facepalm behind the camera. He's like, girls. <laughs> Kevin Nowicki says Gatlinburg is a good choice. Guys. So people are saying cold for, for the holidays. Except for me. Except for you. It's okay. just me. Big shock. Big shock that I'm alone with this. Um, William says depends on where the hot is. He's not going to go to Arizona, but Bora Bora is nice. <laughs> See? See, I'm absolutely that way. I don't. I wouldn't want to go to Florida for Christmas, but I'll like go like tr extra tropical vacation. I'd, I'd be down for that. Okay, yeah. question three. Dun dum bum ba dum bum 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 bum. You guys are a lot more unified today than normal. Yeah. Would you rather have to put up outdoor Christmas lights for all your neighbors, or wrap all the holiday presents for extended family members? Uh, presents. <clears throat> really? Yes. I don't want to be outside doing that. <laughs> I don't want to be putting up lights outside. And, like, I just have a visual of, like, Christmas vacation. <laughs> like, everything messing up. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rachel says presents. Priscilla says presents. Um, Johnny says presents. But he wanted to know why I was singing, like, I'm sure some Wii theme song. Um, uh, Hannah says rap. Pastor Nicole says Whoa, rap. Whoa, her comment is like identical to Pastor Nicole. It was. It threw me Whoa. off. Whoa. Jose says lights. William says <laughs> lights. Um, Arabella says wrap the presents. Jade says wrap the presents. Becca says wrap the presents. Joni says lights. So, so far we have three people for lights. I think I would prefer lights over the presents because here's my rationale. Not everybody is the Griswold family. Like, that's that's a few and far between and it like I feel like you could knock out Christmas lights quicker Christmas presents like that's like that's a lot that's a lot of tape it's a lot of paper Not I have a cat my cat attacks the presents when I wrap them it depends like, how generous your family is if they're not very generous it'll be easy 
And if my neighbors aren't very festive, that'll be super easy too. Yeah. So uh, Jose says, my wife can do the presents. There you go, Billy. <laughs> uh, Becca says, I don't want to be like the dude off Christmas with the cranks and fall off a roof. <laughs> Valid thought process. <clears throat> Kevin says, he'd rather do the lights. Um, Kevin Noki also says, poor Hobbs. I, I, look, it's not poor Hobbs. Poor Hobbs gets locked in a room because he will try to eat the presents. I oh, had to rewrap like Monkey's present twice. <gasps> no way! And your present has a hole in the wrapping paper somewhere from when he was like, I want to play. <laughs> and I just covered it up with something. No so way! That's, that's, oh, that's sweet, though. Well, Hobbs helped you. <laughs> um, <laughs> William said, I'd go full Clark Griswold if I had enough lead time to start. I don't know why that word was hard. Um, <laughs> and then Johnny says, Barack, have he you seen me wrap Barack. a present? He's just called Barrett Barack. I have not gotten Barack in a while. And then Johnny wants to know why autocorrect changes my name, because who else has the name Barrett like I do? It's just me. Um, Piper eats the gifts too. Does she eat the paper as you're wrapping? Oh. She's a little tiny thing. Like, what's she, what's she chowing down She's on? She's going to be chewing on everything. So she probably likes the gifts. Did you see on Saturday, we did Soul Winning Saturday, and I accidentally fed baby Ben, you know, Johnny's baby Ben, paper. Um, he was just eating the Soul Winning notes. <gasps> Pastor Cole had given it to him to, like, distract him from something. I was holding him, and I should have been monitoring him. And I look oh. back, and, like, there's a whole section of the paper that's in his digestive system. I feel like it's, it's got to be better since it's the word, though. <laughs> I feel like that just ha that's, that has to help. That's 100% what I said. I'm like, he's just eating <laughs> the Word of God in a different way. That has way. to help. It's cool. <laughs> and his sister, Arabella, says, it's okay. He's eating worse. <laughs> and then William is calling me Madam President. I like that. Oh. I'm really... I'm a fan of that. Okay, last question. Um, would you rather travel during the holidays or stay home? This basically goes in line with question number two. So would you rather travel during the holidays or stay home? He likes to travel. Um, Piper, let's see. Becca said Piper ate a bit of her soul-winning script when <laughs> they led a guy to Jesus. That's, awesome. That's good. Um, stay home, says Arabella. But Abby, my girl Abby, is like, I don't know. <laughs> I understand. There, there she is. Priscilla says, travel for Thanksgiving and stay home for Christmas. Jose <laughs> says both. What are you? Um, I've only traveled during the holidays like once. Uh, it was when I went on a cruise You're years ago. This year. Um, you traveled last year. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it, I have two homes, though. So it's like, <laughs> it's yeah, I'm, I am traveling. But um, I think stay home. I think Christmas time, like you, you need to be in your home or at least with your relatives or whatever. But like, not like go off away somewhere. Like, I feel like Christmas is sentimental. Wow. There are so many comments coming they in. Are. I was going to read, and then the whole screen changed. Hannah says, home, 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 but I think I'm biased. I think my home is the best. William says, I'd rather go somewhere and then travel home for Christmas, and then your comment disappeared, so the end. Uh, Rachel <laughs> says, I prefer to stay home. Michaela, I love you, Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Michaela says, home. Arabella says, I'd get mad at people if I traveled somewhere. Kevin Nowicki says, travel. Um, oh. Dixie says, stay at Becca's and all the kids. Oh. Um, I, I feel like I'm pretty solidly split. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not the one who is very traditional-ish. I have traditions. Like, every year on Christmas, George and I spend Christmas with the rights. So I have to have Christmas Day itself with them. However, I'm good to travel before. I'm good to travel after. I'm also good if pastors and the girls and Luke decided, like, let's just all family vacation to Italy. That would be great, too. I'd be, I'd be fine. 
Pat and Pastor Nicole says home on Christmas Day, but then an adventure after. Oh, that sounds nice. One thing That's I will say mom. that was nice about going on the cruise years ago for Christmas is I will I always remember that. I will like like other Christmases are kind of a blur, but that one like is very distinct. Like it stands a out. Fun distinct. Yeah, it was a fun distinct. Yeah. Um, Jade says, "Why is Buddy so determined to communicate he's an adult today?" What you guys, I haven't been reading all the comments, but that's very valid. Buddy has been very distinct in the comments. Because I'm a young adult, I think this way, and because I'm a young adult, I think this way. So Jade is curious about that, Buddy. If you want to, you know, respond back to her, you have time to do it. And exciting, Jade, your sassy comment toward Buddy earned you a gift card. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations. And with that, it's time to hop into our first official segment of the day, Will It Bake Right? You guys are in for a treat today. It's going to be great. Followed by confessions, Q&A, and what's the word? You're going to like this. I'm going to hand it over to Marky Mark, who is hosting our first official surprise. You're going to find out in like 10 seconds. Yes. It's going to be great. Too. I'm blending in with the You're background a little bit. <laughs> you do. Look at that. Buddy's not here I'm right not now. Buddy's face is here, but that's it. My here, face I'll, blends in with the background. I'll roll up my sleeve so that I blend in less. <laughs> it's so I'm so white, guys. Guys, look at this huge table. <gasps> Exciting. Look Exciting. At this. What is going on today? Today is different. It's totally it's different. different. So what is sure. happening? This is the very last what's right bakery that we have before christmas mm -hmm. so we are doing a christmas challenge today it is going to be amazing what so, is the challenge so the challenge is is we have a chocolate cake right here and a vanilla cake right here mm -hmm. and we have which one this one is vanilla icing and that one is cream cheese creamy, icing creamy cream cheese so <laughs> becca asked if i got dollar nope <laughs> i don't think so short. Um, so Marky will be refing. I don't know why I did it like that. <laughs> no, okay, Marky. Okay, I will be refing. Marky will be refing, and Buddy and I will pick which icing we want and which cake we want. Then we will have five minutes to ice our cakes, and we have decorations like sprinkles, and uh, it's gonna be amazing. It so, is. And so Marky will be judging us based off of how good we deck, how well we decorated our cakes, yes. and how good they taste. So yeah, like like, like frosting cake ratio, you yeah. gotta get it right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so you guys will be doing it, and I will be judging. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I take the spatula. Viewers can help me judge too. So as, a, as they're doing this, guys, if you think one of them is doing it better, you comment and cast in your vote. Why does Kevin have tape to his... Oh, it's a smile. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin put tape on his stomach and for us to smile. Okay, Bella. Smiley. Bella, Bella said she thinks Buddy's gonna win. Come on, Bella. Oh, thanks, Bella. Come on, Bell. I'm, I'm glad I have support. Okay, I. Jade am says I'm gonna win because I'm an adult. <laughs> now she's an adult. Jade, she I just, am an adult. She just turned an adult. Literally. She just turned Why an adult. I am a young it? adult. <laughs> they are Okay, I'm excited to get into this. Are you guys ready? Yes. Oh, I need like you a, a five-minute timer. timer. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. get you a five-minute timer, and I want. Okay, guys, Should remember. We? Comment as they're as it's happening. Comment mm -hmm. who you think is better, whose technique is better. <laughs> who do you think all is that. better? <laughs> who do you think Just is tell better? Who's in general that's as a person? Meant. That's not what I meant. No, I meant like who's doing better. Should okay. we pick which cake and which icing we want first? I feel like sure. the creamy cream trees would go better with the chocolate. I don't icing. help me out. And I mean, I, I agree, but, but I kind of want to see what vanilla cake with cream cheese frosting would be. Like yeah. that sounds interesting. Right. This isn't food match. Which one are we gonna pick? <laughs> this is really big, <laughs> right? I choose the vanilla. I, I the vanilla. want the cream okay. cheese to win. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready? I'm starting the timer now. Oh, hi, Sammy. Okay, All right. that's my cousin. Okay. Hey, okay. you you bake sometimes, right? Like you make pie, right? Occasionally. Okay. What yeah. is happening? Can you see you that? gotta mix. You gotta you, you gotta mix it up that? so that it gets it gets airy and wow. loose, yeah. or else it won't. Um, have really? You, have you ever heard of whipped icing? Oh my gosh, I didn't know this. You, you have, have to. Have you ever it? just tried to pull it out? Yeah. Like, right away, and, and it's like fast. so hard and solid. Wow, you you're making it airy. Ideally, airy. Yeah, ideally you'd want to. Hmm. Have like a hand mixer. All right, what are you doing? <laughs> doing something. Why so, are you massaging so cake, your cake? <laughs> it it helps it um, emotionally. No, so my cake is already broken up. It helps actually. it emotionally. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make <laughs> I'm gonna make a two layer cake. Is what I'm gonna do. You got four minutes and nine seconds. Four well, minutes and nine well, seconds. Why well, don't that, you use the flat side work. to 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 to. <laughs> You because, know, because. To smush it. I don't. That's I don't, why this is not working. I would know. I would like to know right, why he has a hamburger spatula to make his cake. Why? Why does he have that? Because it's a challenge. Oh my. Okay, guys, let me read the comments. Okay. Uh, right, well, Jade said, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Okay, we're just using our hands. All right. okay. Stick it to the spatula. So. Um, uh, uh, Pastor Nicole said, thankfully my cakes didn't look like Abby's. Oh man. We're working oh, man. with what we have. This isn't. Oh man. All Guys, right. comment who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? Because I have no idea. Both are very interesting oh. right now. I'm for oh sure going to need to wash my hands oh after this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. This oh, is crazy. Looky there. This ah, is. Why man. are the cakes the falling apart so much? Because they're Ours. moist. They're moist? Okay, yep. so they're going to taste good. Okay, Jade said, Marky has to eat what is being massaged and spread <laughs> with fingers. Oh, no! I forgot that that was a rule. Oh, no! I hope oh, your hands are clean. No. Oh, uh, Rachel no. said, Marky, are you excited to eat the stuff that came off their hands onto those cakes? 
No, I am not. Okay. Uh, what do you my want, hands. buddy? Do you, I, I want a towel. You want a towel. <laughs> no. Uh, I Here, don't, you can hand me the red. You one. want the red? Actually, can okay. you give me some green sprinkles, too? Okay, I will get you some green sprinkles. Just, just, just go like that. Okay. Oh, you got red and green. That's nice. Oh, thank you. Cause, yep. Okay, guys. Who do you think's gonna win? Um, oh, there's a. Uh, Rachel said neither. <laughs> Kevin Newicki says I don't know who will win, but I know they both lost. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Oh my gosh. Gonna... Wow. We have one minute and forty-nine seconds. Oh, one minute and 45 seconds. Okay. Wow. This is interesting. Wow. I just need to clean it up a little you bit. You just need to clean it up a little bit? Are you almost done? Yeah? <laughs> I, need the, sure. I need the green sprinkles. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, can I tell them what you have written? I'm good. Or I'll wait. I'll wait. She has, something, she has something written on there and it's going to be a surprise. And she this thinks, isn't green. She thinks that oh, writing that will make her win. We will see. It, it helps you win in uh, life. Oh, Arabella voted buddy. Yeah. Arabella right. thinks that you're going to win. Because I'm an adult. Jade said, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Um, Priscilla said, Buddy's cake is more sloppy, so Abby gets my vote. What did you just, what, are, are you trying to display it? Is I was trying happened? to display it. Uh, All right. Cake balls. Oh my gosh, did you just give up? Did you no, just, like. I'm, I'm making a cake pyramid. You're making, you're making a cake pyramid. It just pyramid. won't stay up. Oh my god. Wait. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Oh my gosh. I've never seen cake in one of those. <laughs> He's stuffing cake into the frosting container. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Come on. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's trying to make a tower with uh, Arabella said presentation is key. Not today. Yeah, it's not coming out. <laughs> now it is stuck. His cake is stuck inside. I'm gonna borrow this. You have 13 seconds left. Uh, Jade said somebody stop him. <laughs> I'm thinking the same um, thing. <laughs> cake, can, Pastor Nicole said cake in a can was invented right here. Right now. The timer's going on. Oh my We're all done. I finished. And. Oh, oh, it's so squishy looking. You want to okay. try, try my cake first? Oh my gosh. Where do we go from here? I don't know. I was, I was going with the sandcastle thing. Sand I thought castle. I could just pop it you're inside. Like, at this point, you're making cake pops. Like, your hands look like Sandman from um, um, Spider-Man. Uh, Johnny said, it's not like sand, buddy. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be, but it's uh, not. Becca said, buddy's cake looks like it exploded. I, I panicked, it okay? <laughs> This is hers why you don't panic. Hers looks significantly better than mine, and, this, and I panic. Yeah, and this does. is a good example of why you stay in rest and you don't panic. Yeah, stay cool. Oh my stay gosh, I don't. Okay, do I? I don't have a fork, do I? How am I going to eat this cake? You can this, use the spatula. Yeah. Or not, with your hands. Too messy. Oh my gosh. All right, wait, we need to show oh them gosh. what it looks like, though. Can you? We didn't tell them. Okay, so turn yours around. You, Abby has a nice name on hers that makes her think she's going to win. Can you see it? It says Jesus. Because <laughs> he's the reason for the season, he guys. He is. She is, she is talking about Jesus. There's, mine. There's yours. Oh, it's a giant cake ball. The giant cake ball. 
Good job. Here you go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, taste it. Did the did the vanilla icing go? You well don't have to the... taste mine. I vanilla will try cake? to taste a well. part that doesn't look like it's been touched with fingers oh, quite as much. Every part of mine has been. <laughs> every every part. piece has. Okay, I am going to taste yours right now. <laughs> with a spatula. <laughs> we don't have a fork. Um. Okay. That's a lot of sprinkles. Here's the question, I Arabella. Like are you still on my side? Are you still on my team? An I'm mostly tasting sprinkles. Well, that's because um, you got the sprinkle piece. So get it's get just some sugar. up top. Get up here. Um, yeah. No, I already tasted mine. It's not that good. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I I will not fear in the valley, in the face of death. I will not fear. Well, are, you okay. t are you calling mine death? Okay. That's the name of my cake. My cake is called death. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally quoted that scripture wrong. <laughs> Very much so. Eo said, "Buddy wins for having the most fun." It's not at all what it Thank says. Thank you. <laughs> I can't you <laughs> What's happening right now? Did you I'm taste it yet? I'm trying to breathe and I can't. Okay, I almost choked. Okay, <laughs> she hasn't even eaten I'm, it yet and she's choked. I'm talking, laughing, and swallowing all at the same time. Okay, okay. Um. Um, Which tastes better? Does mine taste better? I like that yours doesn't have just an overwhelming taste of sprinkles. So flavor-wise, I'm a winner. Um, <laughs> um, I would say I would say flavor-wise, I I would say flavor-wise, but looks-wise, well, yours win. wins. So, so I don't want to choose. Okay, I don't want to choose. Only one of us will cry today. Um. I guys, what do you think? Who do you think won? Yeah, y'all try to. Y'all right. guys, this could comment be one right of those now. moments. Uh, Jose and or Billy Joe said, "Buddy's cake is one of those paintings that the artist just threw <laughs> paint on a canvas and sold for three grand." Oh, yep. So you're saying Pollock. it's valuable, is what you saying? <laughs> okay, guys. I want to saying there is an innovation, Buddy. Modern art. <laughs> he panicked, but also thought very quick on his feet. Have you ever stuffed? Cake in a frosting pan? No. Kevin said that was desperation, not in <laughs> um, Rachel said Marky wins because she survived eating both. Hey, hey, hey. hey Scarlet puts me. Oh my gosh. Come on, Scarlet. Um, George said Abby won. What do you guys think? Oh, Dixie said Abby. Two to two, guys. Come on, people. Two to Scarlet, two. you need to take that back or else we're not having sweets next Tuesday. Wow. Julie uh, says Abby. Jesus, Jesus wins. wins. No, so, so is that vote Jesus for Jesus? Wins. <laughs> Jesus is with me. Actually, if you read it, oh, buddy, I think there's a little Abby. accent over the, the U, so it says Jesus. No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's a piece of cake. No. It's not an accent mark. It's an accent mark, so. We're three to five right now. Three to five. Abby is I five. Like the Come Spanish on, community. Okay. Let's see one more comment. Okay. Let's see one, see one more comment. We all know which cake looks better. Which one? But just vote for me because you can. <laughs> okay. Nicole, uh. Pastor Nicole says modern art is people who are given participation trophies. For their art, their parents don't want. Bella! Bella says me. Four to five. Come on, come Whoa. on, people. Just vote me just to do it. <laughs> Abby wins. Yeah. Okay, guys. This was such a good experience. Was that it? is so nasty looking. Have you shown them? Like, show them your hands. Oh, okay. Yeah. We look like I'm we've sure. been involved in a murder. 
of See, his when cake. I give when I give him a thumbs up, there should this sound shouldn't be made. Buddy in the sky. Can you hear that? Can, can you hear that? <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh. Well, guys, thank you for joining us today for Will It Bake Right. Um, Neither of them really baked right, but hers baked better, and it says Jesus. So it won, and it's, uh, it's, yes, you guys. I feel like that's partial manipulation, but that's okay. You guys voted, though. You guys voted Abby. You guys picked the winner. It was Abby. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for Will It Bake Right. This was. Very interesting. I am. I am very. In, this was awesome. Okay, now was we it? are. It was in Jesus' <laughs> it was. name. It, no, it, it was, was amazing. Awesome. I had fun. It was. Okay. I need to watch my. I'm just kidding. It was really good. Okay, we are moving on to a time of confessions with not Buddy. With nope. he's gonna go get cleaned up. But we're moving on to a time of confessions. Share the broadcast right now. We'll be there in just a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Pastor Brian just gave a very important directive. No one touches the equipment until a trip to the sink that just participated in that segment. So that's why I'm here, because Buddy needs to fix his hands. Um, <laughs> we're so excited to have you here with us. I feel like we need to pray extra for Marky. You know, the other day we prayed for healing, but she just ate cake in a canned sandcastle failure thing. So we need to pray for her a little bit extra today. <laughs> and we're just so excited to have you here with us. In, let's see... In about 10 to 15 minutes, we're going to be hopping into what's the word. And today we're going to be talking about, can I trust my gut instinct, my gut feelings? Um, You're not going to want to miss that. That's why you clicked on in the first place. If you're watching the replay, we actually have a timestamp in the bottom of the screen available. So you can go to the word directly, but we want to take the next couple of minutes and just pray with you. You know, confessions, it's a type of prayer. Did you know that? I didn't know that until like, you know, a few years ago. But confessions is a type of prayer. You know, the word works when we put faith in the word. The word works for those who believe in the word and those who work the word. So what we're doing during this time is we are working the word together. We're going to put a confession up on the screen. And these confessions come directly from the word of God. They're not just us, Lord in Jesus name, every viewer gets a convertible. It's these are things that God himself has already stated in his word are for us. Jade says she loves my scarf. Thank you. I love you. So we're going to put up today's confession. If you'll put that up on the screen and join your voice with mine. Let's declare these things together. We walk in the fullness of faith hope and love. We win souls. 
we love righteousness, hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed by God. That's who you are. And by speaking that out with faith together, you are declaring that that's the type of life you will live. Now, I just want to take the next couple minutes and pray with you. We had a commenter on YouTube that says, is it hard to do a live stream while on a boat on a river? You know, it's super easy, barely an inconvenience. We're going to be praying for the next couple minutes. I want to take this time and just thank you for being on. And let's seek the Lord together. God, Thank you for this day. Thank you for this broadcast. And thank you for every viewer who is here right now. Jesus, I ask in your mighty name that blessings would be on each and every single viewer in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that faith, hope, and love do not depart from them. Thank you, Lord, that every viewer who is watching is rooted and grounded in faith and hope and love. Lord, I call right now in Jesus' name for hope to rise up inside of each viewer watching. Let the spirit of joy, confidence, and expectation be theirs now in Jesus' mighty name. And I ask, Father, that any hope that has been graded away during this year, Lord, that you begin to restore that hope fresh today. Lord, let it be fresh today for every viewer watching where the enemy tried. You know, pastor says this sometimes, that sometimes the enemy will come in and like a cheese grater, he'll just grate away on hope. He'll do it ever so subtly so you don't even realize it's gone. But I believe in the name of Jesus that today begins a day of restoration for your hope. Things that looked difficult and looked painful and looked like there was no hope in them. In the name of Jesus, let hope be restored today to every viewer watching. Hope in marriages, hope in health, hope in finances, hope in every situation. Let it be restored today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you've given us the, the ministry of reconciliation. Let hope be restored and reconciled back to your people today. Lord, we thank you. Let your viewers today, let them win souls. Let their eyes be open to what you have called them to become. And that is a generation of soul winners. God, place people in their paths that need to hear the good news. Place people in their lives that would hear that Jesus is their Lord, that Jesus loves them so much and help them be those ministers that bridge the gap between Jesus and the world. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you that souls are saved today through the viewers who are watching. Give them opportunities. Give them the opportunity to win souls for you in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your anointing. Thank you, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give every viewer a hunger. Lord, help us to hunger after the things of God Help us to crave you. Help us to desire you, Lord, that we would desire to walk in holiness, that we would desire to live lives like you've called us to live. Give us a spiritual distaste for sin and for youthful lusts. Lord, the things that have trapped us in the past in the mighty name of Jesus, give us a spiritual distaste for those things and help us to crave holiness. Help us to crave the anointing. Help us, God. Just say that with me. Help me, God, to crave you like I've never craved you before. Help me, God, to hunger after you like I've never hungered after you before. I need you. I want you. I have to have you. And Lord, 
Your word tells me that if I seek you with my whole heart, that I'll find you. That if I hunger after you, I'll be filled. Fill me today in the name of Jesus. Lord, fill every viewer today in the name of Jesus. Fill us fresh with your spirit, with your anointing, that we may do the works you've called us to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Deb, help me to crave you, Lord. Amen. Well, Lord, well, I was speaking to the Lord, so I was addressing him vocally. I was talking to you guys, though. <laughs> Thank you for being on while we sought the Lord together. I'm going to hand this over to Pastor and Buddy. It's time for Q&A. And if you guys have questions, send them to us. We want to answer them. But I know we've got a pretty awesome question for you today and a pretty awesome answer. So we're going to hop right over with the guys. Pastor Buddy, over to you. Welcome to Q&A. This is the segment where we answer your questions about God, the Bible, oh, yeah. Christianity, and <laughs> anything in that area. There's a biblical answer. We want to give it to you. So guys, you know, we, I know we mention this every week, but if you have any questions, feel free to put it in the comments. Feel free to send us a message. Go to whatsright.org and send us a message. We want to do whatever we can to to answer your questions. Yeah, amen. I just want to say uh, to Jew in Greek, I saw he was watching the other day uh, when Pastor Allen was here. I believe yeah. they're friends, and it's good to see you again. So uh, yeah. thank you. I thought it was funny. His question, is it hard to do a live st stream in a boat on a river? Because Barrett had that background. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was pretty good. That was good. So, amen. So what's our question today? Um, the question that we're going to be answering today is... Um, does science disprove the Bible? Mm. That's a pretty good one. Dixie actually just asked, question, how long did it take to clean up, buddy? It took, uh, you know, a good four, <laughs> solid four minutes to wash my hands. It's a good Q&A question. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there, I was sitting there, and I was like, dear Lord, please do not let them touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not, we did not. Um, but... With that being said, um, so the question that we're going to be addressing today is, does science disprove the Bible? Okay, so uh, actually what we're seeing now with all of the breakthroughs in science and especially moving into some of the things that we've never had the technology to see before, um, we're actually seeing that science is Proving the Bible more than ever before. Yeah. Uh, science is not disproving it, it's actually proving it. And one of the things, this is something that you may not know because I don't think that it's actually uh, reported everywhere. Uh, I don't think that it's given the attention. It's kind of like, you know, if you ever felt like there's some bias in media and bias and things, you got to remember uh, the devil's trying to keep the truth down. You know, he's trying to keep the truth down. And one of the things that you're seeing, you would think that science is constantly disproving the Bible based off a lot of reports and scientific reports. 
But what's actually happening is that there is so much evidence in science that the Bible is true. People are having to on purpose hide it. (laughs) I mean, it's literally being pushed down and ignored. And I'm going to go over a couple of a couple of those things. Mm -hmm. There's some you know fresh scientific data and things that are coming out uh, that are really proving the Bible. But before we do that, let's just look at the Bible. Should science? Prove the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And and I would say yes, actually. Let's look at Romans chapter one and verse twenty. Romans chapter one, and I love this verse. I saw something in this verse a while back, and it really, really blessed me. So Romans chapter one and, and verse twenty: For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes, uh, His eternal power, and His divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Now, when I saw this verse, what I saw in it was the clearly seen. In other words, see, if we will actually uh, start to, if we will actually start to look at science and look at the creation, we will clearly see it. And I think you can take this verse in a couple of ways. Number one, when you and I just look out, we're, we're not necessarily, you know, particle scientists or, you know, nuclear physicists yeah. or anything like that. But we can look outside and look at a tree and just look at a leaf and the design of it. We can look, you and I can look at especially with the video equipment we have here, how, look at the eyeball and how intricate and amazing it is. You know, if, if we have a, one of the highest tech lenses that we have and, and equipment and we swing it, you know, back from something close to far, uh, our lenses and our computers are just now, after all these years, getting to the place where it can focus and have that range. Uh, it can focus that quick. But here's another thing is you got to have two or three of them easy to have the range of vision, the field of vision that we have. And yet we've had it in our eyes all this time. That stuff doesn't just come together in that way. So you can just look at it and it should prompt us to faith. And here's the word, because it's clearly seen. One of the things that I found, and this really helped me out a lot, was if if God's attributes are clearly seen in nature then in order to not see it, you have to be a little bit rebellious towards it. In other words, you, you, you're saying, I don't want to clearly see it, right? Yeah. And because his attributes truly are clearly seen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like some of the things in science where if we were just, you know, uh, 1% or 2% of difference closer or further away from the sun, yeah. we would either freeze or burn up. It had to be exactly in the location that yeah. we are. Uh, these are things, you, that stuff doesn't just happen. That's why yeah. there's not life on, on every other planet, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're clearly seen. But I think also you can take that and say it's clearly seen in science. And that's yeah. some of the things that are happening. Like, for instance, uh, talking about just creation, mm-hmm. you know, one of the big beliefs is that with the Ice Age, you know, with the Ice Age, and then you had glaciers that pushed everything down and, and all of the stuff. Well, they just found, I, I was just on the phone with somebody, and they were telling me they just had a discovery recently where they actually found a dinosaur bone with a, literally a red blood cell in it, which shows us it wasn't billions of years ago or millions of years ago. It, it, was, it had a red blood cell in it, and it was laying on top of the ground. 
which means uh, glaciers didn't push it off, right? Another thing that you see is um, one of the things I was talking, I, I actually have a couple of people there in the medical community community and in some intense study right now. And one of the things that they were saying is uh, when you go into like talking about the Big Bang and evolution taking millions of years to actually produce life and things like that. Um, so here's, here's one of the things. We have to have a certain temperature to have life here. We just talked about the sun. So what they, what they found is uh, if we had the sun not producing the heat that it is right now, it, it would be almost impossible for life to be here. It would be too cold or it would be too hot, yeah. right? Okay, but here's the issue. In order for this primordial soup uh, to spring life out of it, it would have to have protection from that sun's radiation. Yeah. But the issue is because the ozone layer actually would protect, uh, it protects us from the sun's harmful radiation. That's one of the things that allow us to live yeah. and not get burned up by radiation, okay? Yeah. It's the ozone layer, layer. But here's the issue. The ozone layer can't form until there's life here. Hmm. It can't form. So without life here at the, you know, first, Without life here first, it couldn't form, but without it forming, without it being there, life couldn't produce. Yeah. So they have to come in at the exact same moment, like when God said, let there be light. Mm -hmm. and, and so what you're seeing is science has proven it. Another thing is this. Uh, I was... I read, I heard this, and I heard this report several years ago, probably 10, maybe 15 years ago now. So this is a little bit old, but still, uh, you had some scientists that were diving into DNA. And they got deep into the DNA, able to see things that they uh, have never seen before. And when they got down to it, they, you know, these are biologists, but they're looking at it, and they're, and they're saying, this looks like code. This looks like code. You know, this looks like computer programming code. And so they called in some programmers, and uh, I, I believe they were actually from Microsoft that used to be at Microsoft. And they called in the programmers and said, we think this might be code in DNA. You know, because what we've done is we've accepted today that we can have, you know, a lot of people have accepted that you can have a creation without a creator. But what they haven't accepted is that you can have code without a programmer, right? Mm -hmm. And so these guys looked into that DNA and they said, this is absolutely computer code. It's just like code, but it's deeper than anything we've ever seen. It is far beyond us. Wow. It is way beyond us. Yeah, it was written by God, you yeah. know, by yeah. a creator. And uh, so there's a lot of things that are happening where science has proven it. And literally, what I'm, what I'm hearing from people deep in the medical world is, in order to not believe in God in science, you've got to completely ignore so many things because science has proven it over and over and over again right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we could get into a bunch of different talks about this, but mm -hmm. does science prove God. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's clearly seen. Yeah. Amen. So, amen. Got anything else on that? I mean, there's just different things that I can think of. I don't know if it was you who were talking about this, um, but that there were um, scientists that were trying to like stu study and come up with a list of all the requirements for there to be life on a planet. Yeah. And yeah. like they came up with a small list and then they began to study it and then they learned, oh, no, you need a lot more. And, like, the yeah. list kept getting longer and longer. Like, even, like, uh, like Jupiter, like, it's, like, the biggest planet in our solar system, correct? It's one of them. Yeah. Um, but 
without sure. Jupiter, you know, <laughs> without Jupiter being that big mass of gravitational pull, like of where all the small meteors and stuff like that, yeah. they're pulled to Jupiter so that they don't destroy us. You know, it's yeah. like Jupiter's there for a purpose. So like, there's all these different things uh, yeah. that 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 have to fall perfectly into play for there to be life on a planet. Even in our even in our body. There's particular uh, bonding agents that mm -hmm. have to be at the exact right place. Yeah. And for them to come together, it is statistically, you know, I would say statistically impossible, but you can say there's always a possibility, but it's like one in a number that goes on and on and yeah. on. It's, it's never going to happen yeah. and not going to happen twice. Yeah. And that's what keeps us together. It's designed by it's designed. the Lord in that way. And speaking of Jupiter, did you hear that they took away the planet status from Pluto? That's, That's messed, messed up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw also that uh, Jew and Greek put on there about Einstein's theory that was confirmed. And then he says uh, that the Bible tells us that God stretches out the heavens like a curtain. All of these things, mm -hmm. they're proving themselves out. Yeah. I mean, at a rapid pace right now. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting. The yeah. issue is we don't hear the news about it. We don't. Yeah. Why? Because you do have the devil trying to keep that down. He doesn't <laughs> want people to know the truth. Yeah. But it's coming out. And I mean, it's becoming even more clearly seen than it ever has been yeah. before. Science proves the Bible. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and, and I, I shared with you an article that I found today, just like of, that the Bible was very accurate in oh, yeah. certain scientific yeah. things yeah. Way, way before it was actually like the Bible yeah. talks about, you know, how about like the water cycle precipitation, condensation, yeah. Yeah. all that jazz. I mean, it talks about how the earth was round. The Bible talks about stuff like this, yeah. you know, before any, before, yeah. you know, we actually had exactly. the scientific proof. Exactly. It's, it's awesome. And mm -hmm. uh, Colleen says, is that a boomerang coffee mug? It is a boomerang. This is an old school coffee yeah. mug. The <laughs> there's not, there's not many of these hanging around. <laughs> yeah. 2015. Yeah. We, we'll have to get them back again. This is ceramic uh, mug. Yeah. That's it's nice. a nice one. So. Keeps it. I, so we are getting ready to talk more about how to be led by God. Yeah. And uh, if you missed it uh, yesterday and the day before, I'm telling you, it is a huge, huge tro uh, topic. And we're answering some cool questions. Like, for example, on the first uh, day, we talked about, can I hear the voice of God? Mm -hmm. And then yesterday we talked about, what does God's voice sound like? Yeah. What does it sound like? Mm -hmm. And today, what's our, what's our opening is... Uh, we're talking about, can I trust that gut feeling? Is that yeah. gut feeling is that, that gut I have? Is that gut feeling, God? God? Yeah. And that's, a, that's an interesting one. It's a little mm -hmm. bit, of, a little tricky. And, yeah. uh, but I'm going to talk about that. And then I'm going to go into how to be led by God more. And tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I'm basically going to uh, go into, uh, what is, what's the topic I gave you? Oh, can I tune out God? Mm -hmm. Can you tune them out? Ooh. This is, this is a big one. And then I'm going to talk more about how to be led. This is a huge topic. Yeah. And uh, so we're getting ready to jump in right now in just a minute. If you haven't done it yet, share the broadcast. Yeah. If you have questions for Q&A, we have a Q&A session once a week. Send yeah. us your questions. Go to whatsright.com. Send us the questions. And uh, there will also be a link to What's Right uh, in the description as well. And uh, let's, let's get ready to jump in. You ready? I'm ready. It's going to be awesome. Today's going to be... It's going to be good. I was, I was really going over my notes and adding more last night. It's going to be a good today and tomorrow is going to be awesome. So did you like it yesterday at the end? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. me too. It it's going to be awesome. So y'all ready? Let's get into it. Here we're going to talk about 
being led by God. You ready? Here we go. Welcome to What's Right and Lunch Plus, and today uh, we are talking about uh, can I trust that gut feeling? Is that gut feeling God? And uh, we're going to jump right into this. I see evangelist Mark Dunphy. We love you too. He says, well, I love you precious people of God. We love you too so very much. And uh, so if you haven't done it, make sure that you go back a couple of days and look at these broadcasts talking about how to be led by God today uh, and tomorrow we will be continuing. This is a great, great topic. Thank you very much. And uh, so we talked about can you hear the voice of God? What does God's voice sound like? And uh, then we're talking about is that gut feeling. Now before we talk about is that gut feeling, is that God talking to me? Before we get into that, I just want to go over something really quickly, a uh, reviewing from yesterday. So number one, can you hear the voice of God? Uh, absolutely. God has a voice and he wants you to hear it. And he wants to let his plans be made known unto you. That's actually uh, what he tells us in his word because he cares about you, he loves you, and he wants you to be an example and a witness of his light. Then we talked about yesterday. I'm going to give you a little bit of extra uh, today about what does God, what does God sound like? And so we talked about yesterday, there's three things that God sounds like. And I'm going to go through this really, really quick. You can go back and review it again later. But what does God sound like? Number one, he, it, he speaks in an audible voice. And uh, there's an audible voice. This is a physically audible voice. And in this case, you can look at Matthew 17, 5. And it says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased Listen to him. We see also in Acts 9, we talked about this yesterday, Acts 9, 3 and 4, as Saul was traveling down the road, he was going to Damascus, got knocked off his horse, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The second way, and this is something, I gave you a piece of this yesterday, but I didn't explain it fully. I'm going to explain it a little bit better right now. Um, is the inward voice. The inward, the next two is an inward voice and an inward witness. Now the inward witness is one that you absolutely need to hear, but the inward voice is where God actually speaks words to you. Okay. Now, but let me, let me give you this, two different types of the inward voice. 
two different types of the inward voice, not just one, two different ones. And I want to show you the distinction between the two. So number one, you have the still small voice. All right. So the audible voice is God's physically audible voice. The inward voice, and hear this, is God's voice spoken or heard in our spirit. So it's God's voice spoken or heard in our spirit. I gave some examples of this yesterday, but the still small voice is our spirit speaking what the Holy Spirit says. In other words, because of our spirit being connected to God, we actually are hearing what God says and we'll hear those words. And the still small voice is not his spirit speaking it in our spirit. It's our spirit hearing it and speaking it to us because they are in uni unity, right? And so First uh, Kings nineteen eleven through 12, he said, go forth, stand upon the mount of the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after a fire, a still, small voice. Now, watch this. It doesn't say a still, small witness it says a still small voice, right? These are words. This is a speaking voice, and these are words. So a lot of times, let me give you the voice of the Spirit. So the still small voice or the voice of the Spirit are both an inward voice, but it's kind of like two different classifications of that. Let me give that to you, and then I'm going to show you examples of it. The voice of the Spirit, and this is going to be important when we talk about is that gut feeling, is that God? The voice of the Spirit is the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit himself, and that's speaking in our spirit. So, all right, the inward voice, again, God's voice that's spoken or heard in our spirit. The voice of the Spirit is the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit, right? It's the Holy Spirit himself speaking to us. The still small voice is our spirit uh, seeking or speaking what the Holy Spirit says. So look at this, uh, John 10, 27, 28. We talked about this yesterday. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Then Acts chapter 10 and verse 19, it says, while Peter was reflecting on the vision the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. So this is a voice. See, these are specific words. Behold, three men are looking for you. Now, I would say it's very interesting, and I think that you'll it, once you uh, gain more experience with the Lord, if you haven't already, once you gain more experience, what you'll notice is when I hear words in my spirit from God, sometimes I just know what he's saying. Those words, and I, and I know those words are specific, but then sometimes there's an authority on it. And both of those times I'll have peace, but some words are different. It's like they're on a different level. That still small voice is where I'm picking up what he's speaking, and my spirit man is speaking what, what he's speaking. But then the, the voice of the spirit is when he's actually speaking to me, and those are words that you will remember. They are distinct, and it's like, whoa, whoa. 
okay, <laughs> that, that was different. Then you have the third way uh, that God speaks, how he speaks, is the inward witness. This is a leading or an intuition of our spirit from the Holy Spirit. So this is not words or a voice, it's kind of a leaning to the left or to the right, a go or no go. This is good, this is bad. I should do this, I shouldn't do this. This is the main way that the Lord leads his people. And I pointed out yesterday in Romans 8, 16, this is actually the exact way that God lets us know one of the most important things we can ever know, and that is that we're born again. He says the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's one of the biggest things you can ever know. And how does he get that information to it? His spirit gives us a witness on the inside that we're his children. This inward witness or the witness in the spirit man, not a voice, but a witness is the main way that God will speak to us. In uh, Romans 9, 1, it says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not and hear this because this is going to go get into my gut. Uh, is the gut God? I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. In other words, in the inner man, that conscience also bears a witness of the Holy Ghost. Luke twenty four thirty two. They said to one one another, uh, "Were not our hearts?" burning within us. The heart represents here the inner man or the spirit, right? Were not our spirits, wasn't the inner man burning while Jesus was talking to us on the road and while he was explaining the scripture? See, they had a witness. This is a different conversation than normal. This is the Son of God. They, they had a witness to the Son of God even while he talked to them. While they couldn't uh, perceive that it was him, they knew in their spirit, man, something's different here. They had an inward witness. So, again, how does God speak to us? What does he sound like? Number one, he's, the audible voice is how he uh, talks to us. Number two, the inward voice, which can be either the still small voice or the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, the inward witness. Now, going right in, taking off from there and moving into that is when I have a gut feeling, is that God talking to me? When I have a gut feeling, has anybody ever wondered that? <laughs> have, you, have you ever wondered, like, it, what, what's going on? Like, I, I feel like I know what to do right here. I, I can remember testimonies coming out of 9-11 uh, when you know, the planes hit in New York. There was testimony after testimony after testimony of people that actually said, I just didn't feel right about going to work today. Something was not right, and I knew I don't need to go. And so they would actually have a gut feeling that they were not supposed to go in that day, and then the tragedy happened. Why? Because God is not withholding his voice. The issue is that many times we're not picking up on this voice. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Can I tune out the voice of God? Yes, you can. And that's a dangerous place. You do not want to be in that place. And we're going to talk about why that, why that works. And we're going to look at that tomorrow, but not today. We're talking today. Is that gut feeling God talking to me? And the answer to that quickly is yes, sometimes. <laughs> yes, sometimes, and I'm going to show you. So the answer really is like, yes, but maybe no. <laughs> is, that, is that gut feeling God talking to me? Yes, 
but maybe no, right? And uh, I'm going to show you, though, how to determine the difference between the two. So the first thing I want you to look at is, let's go back to Romans chapter 9 and verse 1. Romans chapter 9 and verse 1. And you'll see that he says this, and I want you to start paying attention. So the gut, uh, what we call today our gut, is really what the Bible calls our conscience. It's kind of like that, that inner feeling, that inner sense, okay? Our gut is, is what we call our conscience. So look at this verse now in line with that. Uh, Romans 9.1, I'm telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. So you can see right here that what we would call our gut, the Bible calls our conscience, it's our conscience is kind of a knowing what's going on or having an intuition, right? Uh, having an intuition of it. And here we see that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is speaking to our conscience. He's speaking to our gut. And, and so we start to understand. But I want you to see, though, he's also talking to believers, He's talking to believers here, so he's giving some principles to believers, not an absolute to everybody in the world. I'm going to get into that a little bit more. Is that gut feeling God talking to me? Let's look at Romans uh, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation just so that you can see some of the wording a little bit more clear. Romans 2, 14 and 15. It says this, even Gentiles who do not have God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it. Now, the context here is Gentiles that are born again. So he's not talking about Gentiles in the spirit. He's talking about Gentiles in the flesh. Okay, so Gentiles, they're born again, but they're not a Jew. Right. And so what he's saying is that these uh, non-Jews that are now born again, they have an instinctive law written in their heart. And then the key word there is instinctively. Even the Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. In other words, they never heard it. They never heard it preached. That means they never read it. They just had a gut feeling and an instinctive feeling, an intuition of what they should do, right? I'll finish reading this. I want to tell you a story. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience, and their thoughts either accuse them or they tell them they are doing right. So our our conscience or our gut that's connected to God, hear that, that's a key phrase, Our our conscience or our gut that's connected to God will help us know what's right and what's not. Our our gut will help us to know, like, what's right. That's one of the reasons why we named the channel. Like, what's right? What is right according to the word? You know, what's right? And so we, our conscience or our gut will help us to know what's right, what's not. What's God? What's not? You know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? And that is that gut feeling or the conscience, key phrase, that's connected to God, that's connected to the Lord. All right, so now one of the things I want you to see is this, is that 
When we have this instinctiveness inside of us, even without reading it, we're showing that the Holy Spirit will communicate to our conscience or our gut. In this case, our conscience and our gut is that inner witness. It's the inner man. And so he's saying this. So I have a, a friend actually in ministry uh, that uh, actually went to a tribe that had never heard the gospel before. They were deep, deep in the jungle, never heard the gospel before, did not have Bibles, did not have technology. They went in, they won them to the Lord over a period of time. They won them to the Lord. They were doing, you know, some really pagan things. They were, they were drinking blood. They were walking around naked. They were doing all this stuff. They go in, they win them to the Lord. They give them as much stuff as they can in a few days, but they, there's, they didn't even talk to him about that stuff. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is the teacher, right? The Holy Ghost will start to do stuff. They go away. They come back one year later, one year later, and a whole tribe is not drinking blood anymore. Completely stopped. He, he said, we didn't teach them that. They had an instinctive intuition of the Holy Ghost and inner witness, their gut. Now that they were born again, they're connected with God and they were walking around fully clothed. They didn't talk to them about that. There was other things they needed to talk about. That wasn't the highest on the priority. Nobody told them. They don't have a Bible. They had a gut feeling or they had their conscience that was actually writing the law of God on their heart. The Holy Ghost was teaching them through their gut or through their conscience. This is what, it, what we see here. Now, I want you to see this, though. Watch this. So if we're not born again, though, what is your gut? If you're not born again, what is your gut or what is your conscience going to say? You don't have a godly conscience. You don't have a gut that's connected. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't ever speak to somebody. I believe that he spoke to a lot of people that didn't know him on 9-11. Why? Because he's merciful. But as a general rule, you have no promise that your gut is going to be right unless you're in the family of God, unless you're connected to the Holy Spirit. Then I'm going to show you, you actually have a promise for it in a second. You have a promise that it can be right if you'll walk with him. But here's the other thing. If we choose, even if we're born again, but we choose to walk in darkness, then what will happen is we're choosing instead of the light or the revelation or to know those things, we're choosing darkness. Then what will happen is what the Bible, the terminology of the Bible is, we will sear our conscience. Okay, let me read this verse. First uh, Timothy 4, 1 and 2. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, that in later times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of hypocrisy of, of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. So now watch this. When you sear, like if I took my hand and I put it on a hot plate or on an oven, and I seared my hand, what would happen? I would kill the nerve endings in my hand, and I would lose the sensitivity or the feeling there. What God's saying right here is, when we actually follow after darkness and not after light, when we actually go after Him, what we end up doing is we end up searing our sensitivity 
to the Holy Ghost. That means that our gut or our conscience will now not be picking up what it was before. And so what we think might be our gut is not because we've seared our conscience. So when we choose to walk in that and when we have an instinctive intuition, this is God and I need to do it, but we choose to do this, we literally, as soon as we do that, we're making a choice choice for to cl- kind of close off the voice Close off the voice of God speaking to our conscience, speaking to that inner inner witness. So now, is it, the other thing is this, here, here's another way that, so can you see that if we follow after darkness, can you see that my gut, that I, my conscience might not always be telling me what it should be telling me because I've kind of closed off the voice there, Right. Can you see that? That's one way of doing it. Here's the other way. Uh, Let's go to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active. Actor. The the word of God is not an actor. It's active. (laughs) Active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both of joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, or the thoughts and the intentions of the inner man, or of our conscience that the Holy Spirit is ministering to. So what is this verse telling us? This verse is telling us that our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and again I'll say, uh, I went back yet last week and I taught about the three parts of man specifically, so that when we get over here into leading, you will know what's going on. And so today, as we are in this three-part, we're talking about this leading of God, if you understand the three parts of man, man is a spirit, he has a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and he lives in a body. Okay? These are the three parts of man. He is, number one, a spirit. The real man is not what you see in the mirror. It's the spirit man. That's the one that was uh, created completely brand new creation. All right. So in that spirit man is what's connected to God where the gut or the conscience is talking uh, or hearing from the Holy Ghost. But the soul is the mind, the will and emotions. The soul receives input from both the spirit man or the flesh man. And so what this verse is saying is, in your mind, there may be a voice of the flesh. And so if you have a mind that is not renewed to the Word of God, then as you get it renewed, the Word of God is a nutrition to your spirit man, and it is a divider. It will divide between and show you the difference between what is fleshly and what is godly. The Word of God will show you that, but here's what I want you to see. If I haven't renewed my mind, then I have the potential for what's in my core or what could be what, what I call my gut. It actually could be a voice of the flesh that I haven't renewed my mind to yet. And so although in, in a general sense, yes, your gut and your conscience, if you're born again and connected to God and you haven't seared your conscience, is God. Many people, you'll see right in this verse, that obviously the difference between the fleshly thoughts in the mind and the spiritual thoughts in, from the spirit, they are so intertwined that many times without supernatural help from the Word of God, which God will give us, right? But without supernatural help from the Word of God... 
we won't be able to see the difference between the two. In other words, if we don't get into the Word and renew our mind, what we call our gut could be half the flesh man and half the spirit man. And we'll be saying now that fleshly thoughts are what God's saying. And all of a sudden we'll find ourselves out of place doing the wrong thing. And this is why it's really important to have a pastor that walks in these things, understands it, so that as you're moving forward and learning to hear from the Lord yourself, you can get confirmations of somebody who's been there, done that, and understands also might know some scriptures and, and might have a look at you that you don't look at yourself like. That's why God gives us that. All right, so now watch this though. Here's the other thing, the last thing I'll say. A lot of people might hear this and say, oh, well, I can hear from the Lord because of my gut and my conscience. And uh, I'm excited to do that. And they'll say, oh, praise God. Well, this is the voice of the Lord. Listen, this promise is God is merciful, but this promise to hear from God is specifically given to his children, and if you are not a child of God, there is no promise that everything you hear in your conscience is the Lord. There's no promise of that whatsoever. So if you want to hear from God all the time, you need to become his child by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Look at this verse, John 8, 47, and this is just one of many verses. It says, He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. In other words, if you, if you want to hear from God, the first thing that you need to do is you need to make sure that you are born of God. You are of Him. You are in the family. You've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, because that's your first connection point. And without having that connection point, it would be like me, you, know, you thinking that you can have power just because you bought a vacuum cleaner. But if you don't plug that vacuum cleaner into the wall, you're never, it's never going to run. If, if you are out in the middle of a field, it's never going to run. You know, uh, it's not going to run until you plug it into the power source. We're not going to hear from God in our gut or conscience or anything. We have no promise of it on a regular basis until we become the children of God. So that's absolutely uh, the first thing. So is that gut feeling, uh, is that God talking to me? Yes, maybe. <laughs> yes, maybe. But uh, as we will do what the word tells us to do, right? To walk in the light, to, to not sear our conscience, but to say yes to him and say no to our flesh. And we will be connected with God by making Jesus the savior of our life then that gut can be the voice of God. And you, it can be there all the time. And uh, it's just an awesome, as we study in the Word, it will become more and more clear when it's Him and when it's the flesh man speaking as well. So tomorrow, what we'll start out with, I'm not done for today. I'm going to talk about how to be led by God, some more steps here. But tomorrow, we're going to talk about, can I tune out the voice of God? Can I tune away? And uh, we're going to talk about that uh, to begin with, and then we'll talk more about how to be led. So right now, I want us, yesterday we talked about how to be led, and we talked about five points yesterday. Number one, to be led by God, it's important for us to understand, one, the three parts of man. The second thing was don't move by logic and emotion. Don't, don't let logic and emotion be your primary source of leading. Number three, don't continue to move in old habits. Be ready to change. Be willing to change. Because if you're not willing to change, you won't hear everything you need to hear. Hey, Lisa, good to see you. 
Uh, four, and this was a major point, don't be biased. You must stay unbiased because if you have bias, it can block your hearing from the Lord. And you'll be thinking you're hearing from the Lord and it's all you or it's all a corrupted world, but it's not the Lord. If you're biased, you are subject to deception. You must get rid of all bias, which basically means that I ask the Lord a question and I am completely good, completely good, absolutely good with anything he tells me. Whether I like it or not, I'm good with it. That's how we get unbiased. He says, if you'll seek me with your whole heart, I'll be found by you. All right. Uh, The fifth thing that we talked about yesterday is we must be moved by the peace of God. In our heart, not peace in our mind, but peace in our heart. So today we're going to jump into some more how to be led by God. And uh, I'm not going to try and you know stretch it out or anything, but I, I don't want to shortcut it either. And the, the first thing is we have to be to, to be led by God. Clearly, we have to be patient. We must be patient. We must be patient. Hebrews six twelve says this. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators or followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. By faith and patience. In other words, when I ask the Lord for wisdom, I'm patient to hear. And, And if I haven't heard yet, and I don't know that I know that God spoke to me, then he probably hasn't, right? I've got to be patient on the Lord. So here's what happens. Many times people are seeking the leading of the Lord, but they get impatient and then they make assumptions, they haven't heard, they're assuming. And in order to be led by God, you got to learn to be patient. He will answer you. He is answering you. He wants to get information to you, but we can't let the impatience of, uh, impatienceness of the flesh get in the way of God and our leading. We've got to get that impatience out and let the Lord come in. So, for example, like if you look in the book of Daniel, remember he was praying and there was a spiritual battle going on. Daniel could have thrown his hands up, made a decision, and he would have missed what the angel was bringing him as a message. Right. We must be patient in this. In being patient, don't assume. Many people, when they're trying to be led by God, they simply assume what the leading is instead of waiting to hear the voice of God. They'll assume because of past experience, because of what they think they know. So we can't assume things. We either hear from him or we don't, but I'm not going to make it up. I don't, I don't try to manufacture or make up these things. And I have several points in being patient here. Uh, one of the things that I've found is let the Holy Ghost develop the full picture or the full leading, right? Let the Holy Spirit develop the full picture or the full leading. So a lot of times we'll get the first step of God's wisdom, the first step of what he's telling us in his leading. But we think the very first thing that we hear is all of it. I can't tell you how many times the Lord's led me and I'll start to get kind of a direction and then that direction will be fine-tuned and then it'll be fine-tuned more and there'll be fine-tuned more and my patience allows me to zero in on the specifics of his leading, 
right? So we must be patient and let the Holy Spirit develop it. So I'll tell this to people a lot of times and I'll watch them be impatient, get in the flesh. It's like they get a direction from the Lord, but they think they just got to go do it right now. And we're going to, that actually is going to couple with another point a little bit later, but they think they need to go do it right now. And I'm like, no, that's not what God's saying. Pray it out. Pray in the Holy Ghost. See, when we pray in the Holy Ghost and we get uh, patient with it, God, by our prayers, will start to straighten out the path for us. He'll get the trash off the way so our, our walk is easy. He'll actually uh, take the pitfalls out of it, and we'll have a smooth and straight path. Remember what he said that uh, basically John the Baptist did. He made straight the paths of the Lord. In other words, they were crooked. It took them longer. Because they were, there were curves and everything. But John the Baptist, through his ministry, made straight. Well, the Holy Ghost will make straight your walk and running your race if you'll be patient in that leading. Let the Holy Ghost develop it. One of the things that you see is that David was anointed long before he took the throne. Long before. So, see, he could have tried to go and take the throne, but the issue is it wasn't time. God was establishing his throne in a way that he would be known as the great king forever. And even the son of God would come from his line. And, and so it's an awesome thing. Hey, Colton. And uh, uh, Barrett said this, Abraham's impatience led to Ishmael. In other words, he thought his leading got off because of his impatience. You see? And then uh, here's the next thing. This goes right into uh, the next thought, and that is when we're being led by God, we must act at the right time or we must hear the wind. In other words, when we're hearing the leading of the Lord, I'll tell people this. You must receive, you must receive two words in leading. Now, they can be in the same word, but there must be two ingredients in it what to do, and when to do it. There's always a timing with God. And sometimes that timing's right now. But sometimes he'll give you something to pray out so that when it is time and he says, okay, go, everything falls into place. You look like an overnight success. And, and so I wrote this. You must know, and, and write this in the comments, you must know in leading the what and the when. In leading, you must know the what and the when. You must know the what and the when. Now, optional is the how, the where, the why, and the details. You know, you don't have to know that, but you do have to know what to do and when to do it. And so a lot of people miss their leading because they hear the what or a part of the what, and they just go, right? Uh, one of the things I wrote down is the immature person in being led by Holy Ghost assumes that everything that they hear is right now. The immature person assumes that everything they hear is for right now. I'll, let me just put this in there too. The immature person in leading also assumes that everything they hear is supposed to be sh uh, shared publicly. It's not. It's not. God will, you take that to a pastor, you take it, you have to make sure that you are not immature in your leading. And in this, in this case, hear the wind. Let me give you some examples of this, biblically. Abraham, going on, I think in Genesis 12, uh, Genesis 11, and then in Genesis 12, Abram, before he was Abraham, knew 
that what to do and he knew when to do it. He didn't know how or why or where. In other words, God said, and he gave him this instruction, leave this place and go to a land that I will show you, right? He didn't know where the land was. He didn't know the details about it then. He didn't know the how. He didn't know the why. He didn't know all of that. What did Abram know? And he had to know. Here's what you do. Leave and leave now, right? Leave and leave now. He had to know the what and the when. And the, the when in this case was assumed because you see that Abram left right, right at, that po- at that point. He had to know the what and the when. Let me give you another example of that. Jesus knew the what and the when. And so if you look at Luke 2.49, he said to them, why is it that you're looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? He says, and he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Now, this is Jesus when he was 12. He knew who his father was, and he was already on a mission. He knew who his father was, and he was already on a mission. And then he says in John 2, 4, uh, basically, Jesus' mother comes to him and says, hey, they need wine. You need to do a miracle. <laughs> you know, moms will get you on point, you know. And uh, he said... You, they need wine at this wedding. You need to do a miracle. I know who you are. That's what his mom, and I I love that. His mom is like prompting the gift in her son. And uh, what was Jesus' response? Uh, Very, very important. Jesus knew who he was. He knew his mission. He knew what he was going to do. But look at his words to her. John 2, 4. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet Come. My hour has not yet come. He knew the what. He was to be the Son of God manifest, the Messiah manifest on the earth. But he also knew it's not time yet. He knew at 12 what time it was. And he knew now in John 2 and uh, 4 when he's grown, he knew it's not quite yet. Now he released some of that, right, because of the faith of his mother. <laughs> He released some of that, but he recognized there's a timing. And then you'll see in Ecclesiastes 3, 1, there is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. There's an appointed time and there's a time for everything. Some people will assume if I've heard it, I just got to go after it. That is immaturity. And some people will say, well, now I'm not telling you because some people will take this and they'll just sit back. And for the rest of their life, and they'll never produce. If you have a life that's not producing fruit, you've missed it, okay? You've got to be producing fruit. But here's what I want to, to show you. Many people will actually say, and many people will uh, go after the Lord, and they're like, well, I just got to go all, all the time. No, if God's told you, in other words, I have to, every Sunday I get up and preach because the Lord told us to start a church and minister to the people. So I don't have to, I don't have to assume or wait for God to tell me to preach on Sunday morning. That is an assumed time when he told us it was time to start the church. Now, before he told us it was time to start the church, I would have been wrong, even though I knew I was called to be a pastor, I would have been wrong to get up and start preaching and start trying to draw people to me. He hadn't told me that it was time yet, even though I knew it for years. I knew when I was nine, uh, nine and 11 that I was called to minister, and at 11, I knew I was called to pastor. I knew it in my spirit, but I didn't start pastoring until 2009. 2009, I was 36, 
right? I, here I or no, at that time I was 35. I'm two, I was 35 when I started pastoring. So I went for almost uh, 26 years before I actually did what I knew I was supposed to do because there was a timing. There was a timing. And because you wait on that timing, then God can do what he wants. Uh, I would have been in, in a mistake and I would have been hurting myself and other people had I tried to make it time, even though I knew it. I knew that I was called to do it. So a lot of people will say, well, you just got to go make it happen because time is short. No, I see if God hasn't given me the word. Actually, I think this is one of my my points coming up here. If God had. Yeah, it's my very next point. How can we operate now in faith without a rhema word or revelation word for now? Right. I can't have provision now until God has told me. Now, in other words, I've got to get myself on target before I have the now of the trigger pull. Right. So God is he'll give you the what and he'll say, that's what you're aiming for. Get ready. You know, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, as T.D. Jake says. And, And he'll say, get ready, get on target. And when you're on target and when I call it time, I'll call the shot. And if you ever, if you know the interaction between a sniper and a spotter, the spotter will say, okay, now send it. And so what will happen is that sniper is, he's just, all he's got to do is get on target, know the what, and he waits for the win. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost until then. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, praying. And then all of a sudden you hear the Holy Spirit in the inward witness, or you hear his voice now. And all of a sudden you jump into ministry or you do that thing, but you're waiting to hear from the Lord. We must be patient. So the patience and this timing goes directly uh, together. So how, think about this. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All right. So we don't, in other words, there's a provision for the timing, but only for the timing that God says. And so there's a provision for the timing, but not if God hadn't said it's the time. Okay. And so now if the time is assumed, like when he told us to start the church, the time is assumed that I'll preach every Sunday. I don't have to ask the Lord every Sunday. It's time to minister to the people. That's an assumed time based off of the word that he gave us. And so that provision for me to preach every Sunday was in start boomerang. Okay. So, in other words, if he's already told you something that includes that, then the time is now. But if you're stepping into another project, another season, when to start something, you have to hear from the Lord what that is. Know the time. Know the when. Okay? And then I said, uh, there's two ditches of when. And I want you to see this clearly. I've kind of mentioned it a little bit already. Two ditches of knowing the when. You have one group of people that and that's always going. They're always going. They, they're not, it's like, they feel like if they sit down and rest, they're missing God because time is short. You have another ditch that's never going. In other words, they're always waiting. They're always waiting. Both of those ditches can be off. You can have moments of each one of those, but overall you shouldn't be in either one of those ditches as, as an ongoing thing. The people that are always going, uh, many will make things happen. They'll make it happen because they don't have enough patience or confidence in their fellowship with God to trust that they will hear him. Let me say that again. Many will make things happen because they don't have enough patience 
or they don't have enough confidence in their fellowship with God to trust that they will hear them. The second thing for people that are always going, or they have not developed their hearing enough to be led so they don't hear what he's saying and make assumptions. Or they, don't, they have not developed their hearing enough to be led so they don't hear what he's saying and they make assumptions. Now on the never going ditch, they will, others will wait forever and not go on what he has been saying the whole time. <laughs> In other words, one, because they've not developed their hearing, or two, they're just sitting there and they want to try and get everything perfect. Trust me when I say it'll never have everything perfect uh, in the flesh. I don't remember one case. I would say I don't like absolute, so I'm going to take back the never. But for the most part, <laughs> I don't remember a time where everything looked perfect when God's told me to go do something. When, I, every, when everything was lined up, all the finance were right, all the people were right. You know, I was right. I was in the right. I've never had that that I can remember. All right. So if you wait on that. That, then you're, you got a lack of faith on that and you don't want to do it. Okay, so here's the next step in how to, uh, how to grow in your leading is utilize the Holy Spirit. Amen. Utilize, this is point number nine, utilize the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if you notice in all of these scriptures about leading, what is our connection to the leading? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is our connection to being led by God. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to make sure that we utilize the things of the Spirit. We want to utilize the Holy Ghost. So in order to utilize the Holy Ghost, the first step in that is to be born again. So we have to receive salvation in order to be born again. So we must be born again. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In other words, if you're not a part of God's kingdom, if you're not a part of his family, there's no promise for you to be led. So once you become a part of his kingdom, then God gives us some other directives so that we can refine that relationship with God through the Holy Ghost so that we can hear everything we need to hear. All right. So the next thing he tells us after we're born again is Ephesians 5.18, to be constantly filled with the Spirit. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but, and this is a directive or a command form, be filled with the Spirit. And I can tell you from the original language, this actually means to continuously be filled with the Spirit. In other words, not just filled one time and then that's it, but to continuously be filled with the Spirit. So when we're being led by God, we've got to learn how to properly utilize the the um relationship and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. That starts with being born again. It, it, it gets better as we are filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he tells us some things to do in that relationship, in that filling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says this, uh, that we're to pray a lot in the Spirit. Now, this is one of those major things again. All right. If, when you're talking about leading, this is a major, major thing. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. In other words, prayer should be on our lips all the time, all day, every day, right? And, and, but here's a question. 
How do you do that? How do you pray all the time? How do you stay, and let me put it this way, in a spirit of prayer? How do you stay in a spirit of prayer? Well, you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in the spirit. (laughs) And so in other words, you know, I told the story a couple of days ago. I'll tell it again is I had a time where I was reading about Smith Wigglesworth. And what I remember, it may be it may be off from this. But what I remember is the statement was I never pray for longer than 15 minutes, but I never go longer than 15 minutes without praying. And I read that, and when I read that, I heard the voice of the Lord say, Brian, I want you to do that. I had an inward leading, Brian, I want you to pray every 15 minutes. And so I thought, that's an awesome thing. So I set my watch, and every 15 minutes, my watch would go off, and I would stop and pray. And everything went great the very first day until about noontime. And when it hit noontime, I had prayed everything I knew to pray. (laughs) I didn't have any other English that I had. And I was sitting there, and I remember sitting in my car going, God, well, hey, (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) I don't have anything else to pray. And the Lord spoke to me and said, why don't you pray in the spirit? And I went, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) Why didn't I think of that? And so I started praying in the spirit. And I started praying in the spirit right there. And from that point forward, I grew to the point where I hardly prayed in English at all. I was so enjoying praying in this fellowship with the Holy Ghost, straight with the Spirit of God. Here I am in this constant fellowship that I was praying constantly in the Spirit. What would happen over time, I didn't have to set my watch anymore. I just kept on uh, praying in the Spirit all the time. I just kept on doing it, kept on doing it, kept on doing it. I kept on praying in the Spirit constantly. I would be driving down the road for hours, and I'd kind of come to myself and say, man, I'm praying in the Spirit right now. How long have I been doing that? And, and I'd, I'd think, man, I've been doing this for an hour. I've been praying for an hour, and I didn't even realize it in my conscious mind. It was flowing out of my spirit, man. It was flowing there. Now, what's happening when that happens? All right. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, it teaches you the voice of the spirit and it teaches you uh, the witness of the inward witness. It teaches you that leading of the inward witness. Why? Because what we see in Romans 8, 16 is that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit. So what we have when we pray by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has given us each syllable of those tongues. He's given us each syllable of that. Well, if you do that enough, guess what you learn? And I didn't realize what God was doing when he told me to do that, but I get it now. When you start doing that, all of a sudden what happens is you start, you start learning what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like. And I would start to be in a meeting and I would feel that same sense in my spirit, man. And I'd say, God's saying this. God, this is God talking to me. He's showing me what to do. And I realized that by praying in the spirit for years and years, I, be, I became very in tune with what the voice of the Holy Ghost sounds like. 
So as I prayed, and what am I doing? I'm utilizing the tools that God gave me through the relationship of the Holy Spirit, and I'm growing my ability and my knowledge of what the voice of God sounds like. I'm learning that leading. I'm learning, and so you'll see me many times. Uh, you'll, if you're around any at all, I'll be talking to somebody, and they'll tell me something that God says, and I'll say. That's how God talks. That's the Lord. That's exactly how he talks. Why? Because I've learned what it, what it seems like, what the sense of his voice is, what the sense of his leading is. I've learned it because I've spent years utilizing the gift of praying in my prayer language, praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. Then when you pray in the Spirit also, Romans 8, 26 and 27, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses our weakness, for we, we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the will of God that he wants to lead us to, he has us by praying in the Spirit, we start praying those things out. Breaking down the mysteries, all right? Breaking down the wall of what we've seen before and what God wants us to see. We do that by praying in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So like when I said that earlier as an example of praying in tongues, I'm speaking to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not speaking to you at that moment. That's my prayer language to speak to the Lord there. And he says, for no one understands, but in his spirit, in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. In other words, these are things that God wants to open up and reveal to us. And how does he start to break down uh, the veil between what we know and what we don't know? He starts breaking down that veil, which opens up the voice of God and the leading by praying in the Holy Ghost. These mysteries and these things that we don't know even how to pray, when we pray in the Spirit, we start breaking down that veil and God starts being able to reveal more things to us. All right, First uh, Corinthians 2 and verse 10. Remember the key to this is utilize the Holy Ghost. Utilize that relationship to be led. If you want to grow in leading, utilize the tools that the Holy Spirit has given to us so that we'll know. 1 Corinthians 2.10, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now look at this verse. The Holy Spirit, when we're in communion with Him and in fellowship with Him, what is He wanting to do? He searches the depths of the Father and reveals them to us. So as we pray in the Holy Ghost and we have a fellowship and a communion with the Holy Spirit by praying in tongues, by praying in the Spirit, by walking in the light, the Holy Spirit starts to reveal and lead us even the depths of God, even the depths of God. What a great, great verse. Now, uh, this, I am going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there uh, and I'm going to cover the rest of these things tomorrow because the next thing that we get into could be lengthy and we've gone long enough for today. But tomorrow we're going to talk about, can I get out of tune with God? 
And then we're going to talk about more about how to advance our leading and how to be led with God even better than we have before. But tomorrow we're going to talk about how can I get out of tune and how do I get out of tune with God? We talked about some of those things today, but we will continue it uh, tomorrow. And I, help, I hope that these things have I have helped you. If you have questions, <laughs> if you have questions about this, make sure to send them to us. You can drop them in a comment here, send us a message on the page. But the best way is go to whatsright.com. Go to whatsright.com and send us a message. We want to hear your questions. If there's something that I can answer before we wrap up this series or even later, that'd be fine. But go back and watch this. Watch this in the archive. Pull it up. Play it. Listen to it again. Get it in your spirit man, because we want you to hear the voice of God, for it to be clear, and you to be right in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. That's what we want for you and for your life. We love you so very much. Now, uh, today, just like every day, we make it available for whoever wants to. You do not have to, but if you would like to sow seed into uh, the ministry, or you'd like to sow seed specifically into this message, uh, you are welcome to do that. In Facebook, you can just type in the comments, hashtag donate and the amount, or you can go to giveww.org. We sow this broadcast every single day into the world for free to get that good news out there and to help people, to help people grow in their leading. Uh, But if we have people, they'll say, you know what? I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. And I want to sow into you getting that good news out. I want to sow into you helping others to be led by God as well. Or they may say, I actually, I need this message. I need this in operation more in my life. And I believe, and I am consecrating and making this message holy in my life by saying, Lord, I have received something. You you have a basically a uh, principle in the Lord. It says that where you're, basically the principle is where you've been fed at, you should make sure to share your material things with. That's what the Bible teaches us. Where you have been fed, you should share with them who teach you and who teach you well and spend time in the Word. The Bible teaches us that, but it also, it also kind of teaches us this. When you say, hey, I was fed by this message, then you're saying, look, I see that this message will help me. I want it to manifest more in my life. And Lord, I take this message. I'm telling you, I have received from it and I'm going to keep receiving from it. And I want to sow into that message. So whether or not you want to just in general, send the gospel out or the message meant something to you, if you'd like to sow, you can do that on Facebook or give www.org. And then even at give www.org, one of the things that you can do is you can say, I want to give on a regular basis basis. You can just hit the recurring given and set that up for however you'd like. So everybody that is giving and sowing, uh, I just want to pray over it. Our job as ministers, the Bible lays out, is that anybody who's partnering with you and sowing into your ministry, your job is to receive it and to bless it. And so Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you so very much for everybody that's looking to partner and to sow into what's right in Lunch Plus. Lord, right now, every gift, no matter how big or how small, it represents, it is precious seed, and it represents the love and the trust that they have for you. 
Lord, we thank you. It represents their faith in you. Lord, we thank you for that. We see that. We recognize it. Father, in the name of Jesus, let it be blessed. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over in their lives. Let it be supernaturally returned quickly in the name of Jesus. We thank you so very much. Thank you, Father. Thank you for pouring out your blessings, old people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to pass it over to Barrett. She's going to tell you about the cool stuff that's coming up. And uh, one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to have, I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about this uh, quickly. But uh, one of the things is we're going to have a little bit of a time shift coming up in the new year. When the new year gets here, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a time shift where what's the word that was starting at 1215, it'll actually start at 12 o'clock. And so I'll let her tell you more about that. But I love you. It's so good to see you. Share the broadcast. Go back, rewatch it. Drop some comments in there. We love you. Subscribe to the channel, especially we're trying to hit a goal right now on YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can go to whatsright.com, click on video and click on the YouTube link there and uh, go and subscribe to that channel. We got a goal that we're trying to get to. Help us get there. Help us get over this hundred hundred mark right now. And then later on, we'll hit some bigger ones. Amen. Here's Barrett. Amen. So Pastor already basically let the cat out of the bag. And who better do the, to do that than Pastor? But here's what we hinted at earlier this week. In this upcoming year, we are going to be making some changes here on the broadcast. That way we can better serve you. There are some things that the Lord has shown us to do, and we're excited to do them and get this stuff to you guys better and better and better each and every single time. We love you. So here's what that's going to look like. In January, when we come back, we are going to be starting what's our lunch plus at 11:30, same as normal. We're going to have segments. They may be a little bit shorter, but right at 12 o'clock, you can hop on each and every single weekday and hear the word coming at 12 p.m. And it's going to be great. Now, here's some other schedule stuff. You, you know, I know this is like detail things, but stay with me. It's important. Next week, we're going to have our regular broadcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then on Christmas Eve, we're going to have something special that we are doing today, actually, to get to you on Christmas Eve. You're going to like it. And then Christmas Day, we're going to have a special message from Pastor Brian right to you guys. It's going to be awesome. And then that following week, you know how all week long, Pastor's been talking about the recordings we did last week with the three parts of man, the soulless trap and how to be led by the spirit of God. Well, the week after Christmas, the 28th until I think it's the first, we are going to be re-airing those particular broadcasts, the ones that God has been highlighting. You are not going to want to miss them. Hear them again and let the Lord start to speak to you as we go into this upcoming year. So that way it is everything that it's called to be. Now, here's what I want to leave you guys with today. Christmas time is almost here. It's going to be on Sunday at Boomerang. We are celebrating Christmas here at Boomerang Church this Sunday. If you can put the graphic up, please, this Sunday here at Boomerang. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. We are doing giveaways for every child 10 years old and under. We will have one free gift for every child. We're going to be giving away, you know, a Nintendo Switch, a, a really nice designer ladies purse. We're going to have a smoker grill. It's going to be wonderful. And then we're going to have a time where we come together and have lunch. Everybody, but most important, we get to celebrate Jesus in person together, not virtually online. We are gathering in person. So if you are able to get here, 
get here. It's going to be awesome. That has been Lunch Plus today. If you would please take the time to go subscribe to us on YouTube. Go, Pastor Brian or Buddy, whichever one, put the link up right there in the chat. So all you got to do is click and then click again. Two clicks and you're subscribed and you get to get daily content from us. And we love you. Thank you so much. We have had new subscribers. Thank you for you guys who have done that. We appreciate you so much for helping us get to the goal that we have of subscribers. That way we can make it easier for you guys to find us. That all being said, we love you. Thank you for being on today. Be blessed. And we'll see you tomorrow at 1130 a.m.